0: So open with me, if you would, in your Bible to Galatians chapter 2. We're in the third week of our um, Faith Under Fire series on the book of Galatians. (coughs) By the end of this series, you should be able to know what the gospel is because this book is basically a defense of the gospel. And today we're going to be talking about this this verse is in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and it's called Defending the Gospel. Uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about Paul, his um, letter to the Galatians, and the different things about the Gospel. And let's pick up in verse chapter 2 and verse 1, and we'll go through these verses and just give you some insights on these verses. Paul says, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. Paul's first visit to Galatia, or to uh, Jerusalem, excuse me, was three years after his conversion. Now he's saying, after another 14 years, he's going back to Jerusalem. Most biblical scholars believe that this trip to Jerusalem that's talked about here in Galatians chapter 2 coordinates with the Acts chapter 15, where Paul and Barnabas go to Jerusalem and where we have the Jerusalem Council, where all of the leaders of the church got together in Acts 15 and they discussed and had some dialogue about whether Gentiles needed to become Jews to be Christians. And so this is what Paul is talking about here in the book of Galatians. He says, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. And then it says that he went and he took with him Barnabas and Titus. If you remember Barnabas was the guy when Paul got saved and he goes to Jerusalem the very first time nobody wanted to fellowship with him. Which is understandable because here's the guy that has been persecuting Christians, throwing them in prison, and now he comes and says, hey, I'm now one of you. And they're thinking... You know, is he really one of us? Has this been, you know, is this a trick? Is he just wanting to come in and, you know, infiltrate us and try to find out who the Christians are to throw more in prison? But Barnabas believed in him and kind of took him under his wing. Barnabas was a devout Jew. But then he also took with him This young man named Titus, who was a Gentile believer. So we could almost call Titus Paul's illustration or Paul's exhibit A as he's going to go into the court of the church in Jerusalem and argue his case why Gentiles do not have to become Jews to be Christians. Now I'm looking around here, and I think all of us need to say thank you, Paul. Because if it wasn't for this time in Acts chapter 15 and what Paul's talking about here in Galatians, you and I wouldn't be here probably today. Because these Judaizers were coming in trying to say that they had to be part of the Jewish religion to be Christ followers. But here is Titus, a Gentile. He is endorsed by Paul, who was a Jew of Jews, and endorsed by Barnabas, who was a devout Jew, that here is a young man that is a Christ follower that hasn't been circumcised. He hasn't kept the feast and all of the laws of the Jewish religion. And then in verse 2 it says, And I went up by revelation, and I communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run my race in vain. Paul says he went to Jerusalem by revelation. Paul was not summoned by the... Quote Mother Church in Jerusalem. That we we use that term a lot in Christianity when a church is kind of birthed out of another church. We talk about the mother church. No. All of the churches make up the church. You realize we are not the church. Some of you, let me explain that, okay. There is a local church, that's us. And at the last estimate that I heard in Kuwait, there's somewhere around 300 local congregations like us. Seven that are registered with the government. The rest of us are kind of floating around. Pray because we are trying to get registered. There's a door that seems to have opened just in the last couple of weeks. So be praying as we try to walk through these doors to become maybe we can be the eighth registered church in Kuwait. Let me ask, is your God big enough to pull that off? Amen. So stand with me in prayer. But anyway, the church, the mother church or the the original church in Jerusalem, did not summon Paul to come to Jerusalem. They had a revelation from God that, hey, we need to go to Jerusalem and meet with the leaders there. For the last 14 years, Paul has been a traveling minister throughout the Gentile world, planting churches, doing evangelism, and turning the Gentile world upside down for Jesus. And now there is a group of people who say they represent the church in Jerusalem that have traveled to Antioch and said, you can't be Christians unless you keep all of the Jewish um, feast and become circumcised and all of those things. So because of these false teachers that say they represent the church in Jerusalem, it is now time for the church in Antioch, the Gentile church, to go to Jerusalem and say, Okay, guys, we got to sit down and we've got to work this out. We've got to find out, is the gospel that I am preaching, Paul, is it the same gospel that the apostles in Jerusalem Preaching, or has my last 14 years of ministry been in vain? And it's interesting when they get there, Paul is accepted by the apostles and he tells them his gospel. As you read through the book of Galatians, he shares that his gospel says that salvation is offered. By grace only through faith, regardless of your status, your wealth, your religion, your culture, your nationality, your education, or your gender. Paul says, this is the gospel I preach. Jesus is a free gift to everyone. And they found out that that was the same gospel that the Apostles in Jerusalem had received from the three years that they spent with Jesus. And it's interesting to note, when Paul got saved, he went back to his home town, and for three years he was there studying and listening and praying and getting revelation from God of the gospel. The apostles in Jerusalem got it sitting with Jesus for three years. Paul got it alone with God for three years. And the gospel that Paul preached, and the gospel that the apostles in Jerusalem preached, was the identical gospel. See, here's the problem. If Paul is not heard by these guys in Jerusalem, then his ministry has been wasted. Verse 3 says, And yet even Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was even not... Let me start over. Yet not even Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Titus was also accepted by the church in Jerusalem. And basically what that says is that the Gentiles do not have to become good Jews in order to be good Christians. They do not have to be circumcised. They don't have to keep the legalistic standards in order to find favor with God. All they have to do is trust in Jesus. After the cross... From the cross, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ up until today, every person gets saved exactly the same way. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter. The way of salvation is through believing in Jesus. That was Paul's gospel, and that was the gospel of the apostles. Verse four and five says, and this occurred because of the false brethren who secretly brought in, who came in stealth to spy our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue in you. So as I said these these people came saying we represent the church in Jerusalem and we have decided that you have to be take part in the Jewish religion to be a believer. See there was so much at stake here when Paul comes to Jerusalem to to get this situation resolved that the entirety of evangelism from that point forward was determined in this council in Jerusalem. Do you have to keep the Jewish feast? Do you have to keep the Jewish law to be a Christian? And it was determined, no. The first century believers came together around the truth of the gospel God's grace alone through faith in Jesus is all that is needed. John Piper said, any requirement that causes us to rely on our work rather than Christ's work is no gospel at all. I like that. If you think you can do something to make it to heaven... That's not the gospel. As I said a couple of weeks ago, you can give a million KD in the offering and that won't get you to heaven. You can't buy a ticket to heaven. Amen? Now, if you want to give a million KD, that's okay. We'll take it. But I just want you to know that won't buy your way to heaven. You can come to church every Friday in Salmia and every Sunday in Mabula. You can sing on the worship team. You can be part of the children's ministry. You can preach from the pulpit. But that won't get you to heaven. It's simply believing in Jesus. Here's what the Bible says about going to heaven. John three fifteen. Whoever believes in him, or three sixteen, excuse me, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Romans 321. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It's not about works. It's about believing in Jesus. And then verse 6 through 9 of Galatians 2 says, But from those who seemed to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me... As the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be the pillars, perceived that the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So here you have the big wigs, or so to speak, or as we would say in Swahili, the, the bwana kubwas, the big bosses, or samaki kubwa, the big fish. Here's all the big wigs of the church. You have who? You have Peter. You have James, the half-brother of Jesus. And you have John, the beloved. These guys are all there. Peter had walked on water and preached the Pentecost sermon. John, the beloved, laid on the chest of Jesus. And Paul says, here are the guys that we were with, but here's what's exciting. We're all the same. God doesn't give personal favoritism to anybody. That's why here at CIC, we don't have two big thrones up here in the front, one for me and one for Dell to sit on. No, we just sit as part of the congregation. Is that okay? Because even though we have been called to be the shepherds of this flock, we're still sheep under the Shepherd Jesus Christ. There are no, there is no favoritism. You know if you look on the back of the bulletin it says, I'm the senior pastor and Dell's the lead pastor. Personally, I would like to change that to say senior servant or senior slave and lead servant and lead slave. Because our job is not to be the boss, not to be the, the head. Our, bo- our job is to be the servants to you, the body of Christ. Is that okay? Now, I know a lot of you in the churches that you come from, that is not a picture of the pastor. The picture of the pastor is, oh, he's up here and we're down here. Now, let me give you the proper picture from Bible. You're up here and we're down here. Because the Bible says whoever is to be leader, whoever is to be great in the kingdom must become the servant of everyone. So my job and Dell's job is to serve you. And so we would like to know how can we serve you better. When Dell said everybody that was here on the first service please stand up, I didn't stand up because I wasn't here until a month or so later when I was asked to be the senior pastor. And the very first sentence that I said in that park when, the micro, when I was asked to would I be the senior pastor, I said, my first name is not pastor. It's Steve. Is that okay? Now some of you in your background, you have trouble not calling me pastor, calling me by my first name, but it's okay. If that's the way, you can call me pastor. But remember, my first name is not pastor, it's Steve. Pastor is simply a function that I have in the body of Christ to lead this congregation. And Paul says that here are the big guys, here are the apostles, I'm the least of them, but we are all the same under the headship of Christ. And then they gave him the right hand of fellowship. Now we, this is a Western thing, I think. When we greet one another, how do we do? We shake hands. And we give the right hand of fellowship. But that's not what it's talking about here. Because I can shake your hand and not even know you, and there's no commitment there. I read a story about Churchill. I don't know if this is true or not but he was in a reception line and it was really getting boring and all of these people were coming by with their fake smiles and shaking hands and after a while in his humor is that he had people would come shake his hand and he would go i killed mrs churchill today and they go oh that's wonderful isn't everything going good and I killed Mrs. Churchill. And nobody was even listening to what he was saying. They were just trying to get through the line as fast as they could. And one man out of hundreds shook his hand and whispered in his ear, she probably deserved it. (laughs) But we are so easy just to shake hands or Oh, how are you? Everything's great. And not really listen to one another. But here, when it says they gave him the right hand of fellowship, that meant that they endorsed his ministry. They got behind the ministry of Paul 100% and they said, We are together as one. But see, we are all different. Look around. We have a wide variety of nationalities. We have a wide variety of church backgrounds. And sometimes it is uncomfortable being with people that are not like you. Pastor Mark Demise of the Mosaic Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, he said this, it is is uncomfortable being with people Who are different than we are. The church ought to be a place in which people are comfortable being uncomfortable. Amen. Christians must realize that they are part of something bigger than themselves. I remember the first service that I went to of CIC in the Darar. Everybody was kind of sitting by nationalities and now we're all blended together. We all fellowship together. Why? Because we rally around the gospel, not around our ethnicity or our culture or our language. We all love Jesus and we can love one another. I've got some bad, good, bad news for you today and good news. Here's the bad news. There will be no Americans in heaven. There'll be no Brits in heaven. No South Africans, no Scots, no Filipinos, no Indians, no Swiss, no Germans, no Sri Lankans, no Kuwaitis. No Lebanese in heaven. That's the bad news. Here's the good news heaven will be full of Christians. Amen? So I want to ask you today what is your identity? Is your number one identity that you are a follower of Christ, that you are a Christian? or is your number one identity oh i'm an american i'm a i'm a brit oh i'm indian i'm filipino because the bible says that the moment you accepted christ as savior you died amen and now you are a new creation in christ jesus and you are now a citizen of heaven. Let me ask you, is there anybody here that has a passport other than Kuwaiti? Let me see your hand if you have a passport other than a Kuwait passport, okay? So technically you are a citizen of the country that you have a passport from, true? but you are living in this country as a guest. True? Well, our citizenship is not of this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we are just here on temporary work permits on this earth. Some of us for, I don't know, maybe 80, 90, 100 years. Praise God, you know, my grandpa lived to be 95, my dad was 93, my mom was 97, so I've got expectations to at least make it into the 90s, okay? Because I've got a long line of long livers in my past. So hopefully I can make it that long, but we don't know. And so we're temporarily on this earth. So my question is, do you live as a citizen of heaven... Or do you live as a citizen of this earth? are several things we can learn from this. First, an approach where we share openly our thoughts and our feelings builds trust. Please, I beg you. If there's something about CIC that bothers you or you don't like, let us know. Okay? We're open to discussion. And the more we can discuss and the more we can be open with one another, the more we trust one another. But don't just tell us the things you don't like. If there's anything you do like, please let us know. Because it's good to get encouragement from time to time. Amen? The second thing is they officially recognize Paul's special calling. Paul was called to the Gentiles. Peter was called to the Jews. We're not all called to the same thing. CIC is not the only church in Kuwait and is not a one-size-fits-all Some people are comfortable here, some people will go elsewhere. And then the third thing is we need to make sure that we don't confuse someone worshiping, worship style different from ours, and we call that the wrong gospel. We like to have a certain type of music other people like different music some places i go if i wasn't wearing a tie i couldn't preach here we don't wear ties i mean some people come in shorts and flip-flops that's okay come as you are we don't care but we need to make sure that if people believe some things or do some things different than we we don't say oh they're heretics they're a false gospel As long as they believe it takes the blood of Jesus, faith in Jesus to be saved, we can all be together. Because if we sit down with those people and we talk to them, we'll find out there's more in common than we have not common. Here's what we come around at CIC. Our statement of faith is simply the Nicene Creed. That's the basis of our fellowship, and we can have all types of things different from that. And then finally in verse 10, they desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which also I was eager to do. The apostles in Jerusalem said, continue to preach the gospel you're preaching Just take care of the poor. Caring for the needs of the poor is a natural outgrowth of faith in Christ. That's why we want to help our brothers and sisters around the world in missions. Caring for the poor is often a blind spot for many people, including Christians. So just a little application. The gospel includes the fact that Jesus is the only way. Can we all agree with that? Jesus is the only way. Second is the gospel is we are saved by grace. So it's all about Jesus. We're saved by grace. And number three, the gospel is for everyone. Can we agree with that? A few years ago when we were still living in Kenya, we started an outreach with the Digo people in southeastern Kenya. And when we went down and we talked to churches in the region, why aren't you doing anything with the Digo? And here was the response of the pastors. Oh, we don't waste our time with the dego because the dego cannot be saved. I've had people in America ask me why I come to this part of the world. You know those people can't be saved. Well, they're reading a different book than I'm reading. Because my Bible says that God so loved... A certain group of people? A certain nation? No, God so loved the world that He gave Jesus. Now, if you're like me, there may be some people at work, or some people in your building, or some family members that you want to be like the apostles, the disciples, and you want to call fire down from heaven on them, and you hope they don't get to heaven because you don't like them. Y'all are all looking at me like I'm the only one that ever thinks that. (laughs) Come on now, be honest. And here's the problem with thinking like that. Most of the time, when I think like that, and I see that person, and I go, man, you know, I hope they don't make it. That's the one the Holy Spirit directs me to. Because the gospel is for everyone. And I am so thankful that Paul and Barnabas and Titus went to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 to fight for my right as a Gentile to be saved by grace through faith and nothing else. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you and we thank you for this time. We ask your blessings upon your word, your blessings upon your people. Father, we thank you for this day that we had today just to celebrate what you've done in the past. But Father, help us not to get comfortable with the past, but to look forward to the future. Because Father, I believe that you have great things for this church. Father, we ask that you would lead us and guide us and show us a place that can be our permanent home. And we give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name.